Hey guys, it's Mom Taraj, the podcast about being a mom that thinks that most mom stuff is super boring. So we created our own posse. I'm Ashley. And I'm Carrie. And we are ready to walk you down the red carpet of motherhood. Hey guys. Hey, happy Wednesday. Happy Wednesday. Another beautiful Wednesday in 2020. Another beautiful Wednesday at the edge of the end of the world. (laughs) (laughs) That's literally what it feels like. You sent me that article about aliens are probably coming and I was like, you know, I mean, this is my biggest fear. Maybe they're saving us actually. Aliens, maybe they're coming down to, I just was going to say molest our president, but I meant to say abduct. (laughs) I hope. And like poke him and prod him and do experiments. Do you know I have recurring alien dreams that have since I was a child? No, which means that you probably have already been abducted and they put a probe in you. I know, I'm a little scared, which means that they're probably going to come back for me. I haven't had them in quite some time, but as a little kid, teenager, I used to have dreams that aliens were watching me from my window, like outside of my window pretty often. In Miami or in New Jersey? I think in New Jersey. Okay. And then as a little girl in Miami... I would have scary dreams about E.T. being in my closet and watching me. But, like, even though E.T.'s a good alien, it would scare the hell out of me as a little kid. Because he's just so ugly, you know? Well, and also his neck moves. It kind of yeah. gives you, like, a weird erection vibe. It's weird. Yeah. Or yeah, not. It's, it's creepy. But let's just hope that uh, they're not coming back for me. I'm not one of the people they've, like... I just hope I'm not, like, a tagged shark. You know what I mean? Where they, like, tagged me and just keep watching me type of thing. I feel like it would make a whole lot of sense if you were tagged. I feel like that makes sense of a lot of things I know about you. Like what? I don't know. I just wanted to make you uncomfortable. Oh, okay. It worked. I'm like really scared. It's like whenever somebody tells me the world's gonna end on a date, that date stays. I can't remember shit, but I remember that. So here we are. Here we are. And we're recording. We always record like, you know, roughly a week before. It's a full moon, guys. Yeah. And you're gonna hear why that's important later in the podcast. But anyway, let's talk about what's happening on the podcast. We've got an amazing show. It's Adult Sleepover Part 2. Episode. <laughs> I think this may be the one time that singing was really appropriate. Thank you. I, it broke the mood. Yeah. The alien mood. We've got three, Markham, three separate. Licensed psychologists, sex therapists, social workers, sex therapists. We've got basically three <laughs> people who all have different takes on our sex questions. Are, I keep Your saying user, but I mean listener sex yeah. questions. Three different takes from three gals. I'm going to call them gals. And we have a longtime friend of mine who is also an intuitive reader and healer. And she's going to tell us about our compatibility with our partners according to the stars, according mm. to the cosmos. Ooh, stars. Ooh. I don't know why I said it like that, but it felt good. Because you have an alien parts inside of you. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they say popular contrary belief they don't go up your butthole they don't go up your butthole they go in your armpit uh that would actually make more sense i think got it do you have like a small scar in your armpit no but i am developing a small skin tag in my armpit oh the aliens are starting to grow their antenna from your (laughs) armpit By the way, skin tags are the grossest thing in the world. Oh my God, funny story. pick it off. It's so tiny, but I like pick it off. Okay, funny story. Flash not funny. I have this one best friend who is the weirdest weirdo ever. She lives in California. I love her that she's such a fucking weirdo. When she was a kid, 
Well, one, just so you get her vibe, she starved herself to get attention from her mother. That's one thing. Until she almost passed out and died. And then finally her mother paid attention to her and she ate again. But also during that that, chi- that time of her childhood, she used to tie dental floss around her skin tags until they lost blood and fell off. That's what they do to a hemorrhoid. Not dent. I mean, it's like a specific thing. But like what nine to 12 year old does that on their own? Really weird ones. I mean, it's really like hardcore. Yeah. Well, anyway, I wouldn't recommend don't do it at home. But as always, (laughs) aside from riveting conversation that really is important to our daily lives, we've got hashtag swag bag. But up next, the tits and and the shits. Alien edition. Yo, yo, tell me your tits and shits. God. So my shits are kind of twofold the same thing. So Sebastian's been doing this thing where he wakes up in the middle of the night or super, super early in the morning because he has a big boy bed, like gets out of his bed and comes into our room. So firstly, here's story number one in this. I'm just going to do solely shits this week, I think, because... Okay, some weeks are like that. I just have like a very heavy shit week. There, It wasn't a bad week. This story just goes so... There's so many layers. Also, heavy shits are the best. They sink right to the bottom. Oh, I don't trust God. the floaters. I'm like, is my diet too oily? And also, don't you... Aren't you just like, I'm dying to get on a scale right now, which is definitely not a health mentality, but that's who I am. So it's okay. Anyway, so we went to Matt's family's cabin this weekend, which is in Pennsylvania. It's on a river. And we haven't really gone since Sebastian's been born just because life gets hectic and COVID. We've been between my parents' land upstate and Matt's actual parents' house in Delaware. So, you know, there's not a lot of time to do everything. But anyway, we've never spent the night there since Sebastian has been born. We went with Two of our best friends who are in our bubble, their son, and we were hanging out. Everything was good. Matt put Sebastian asleep. So there's two bedrooms in the main area and then a loft upstairs. So Matt and I slept in the loft upstairs. Danny and James slept in the living room area. And then each of the kids had a bedroom just for sleep purposes so they could go to sleep and we could all hang out. So we're asleep in the loft and all of a sudden we hear... Sebastian scream like he's being abducted. I can't tell you the sound this child made. Maybe the aliens are coming for him. No, don't joke like that. You joke with me. I will lose my, I will get so scared. (laughs) Then I won't ever sleep. So he's screaming and he's going, Dada, Dada, help me. Ah!" And I'm just like, oh my God. So Matt jumps out of bed, hits his head, runs down these very steep loft stairs. I look over the banister The door is open, the light is on in the room, and our friend James is sleeping on the sofa, can see directly into the room, and goes, he's not in there. I jump up, run down, Matt goes out one door, I go out the side door, we somehow meet in the middle, and Sebastian had gone outside. He'd gone outside totally by himself. He's going, the leaves, the leaves are getting me. Like, it was so scary. We finally get him, we're hugging him, and he's like, I was looking for you, I didn't know where you were. It was like... So many basic things that we did wrong because he wasn't trying to escape. He wasn't trying to like go wander off. He was genuinely looking for us. I think it's important, even though Matt doesn't love this story or really want me telling people, I think it's important because I just want to highlight to parents that these like little things that we kind of don't think of can kind of happen. So like problem number one, we didn't, we've never slept there with Sebastian. He had no idea we sleep in the loft. We didn't think to tell him, hey, if you wake up, mommy and daddy are upstairs. Just you know, shout for us or, or whatever. So A, he didn't know where we are. Number two, one of us went outside to turn off the lights 
and came back in and didn't lock the door. And because we're in the middle of nowhere, I guess no one really thought to do it. And so he just opened the door and walked out. I mean, you know, I think we as parents are kind of like terrified of everything. So I don't know if this story helps or hurts, but yeah, there's that. Level two to the story is, so now he wakes up every night in the middle of the night and comes into our room or says, yells for us or something. The other night I'm laying in bed. I have Sex in the City was on. That's what I fell asleep to. And around like 1230, I roll over. I'm just like, I wake up. I realize I'm waking up. I look around. I realize TV is on. And then I like roll over and look at Matt. And Sebastian is just standing over Matt like a fucking creep. (laughs) I'm listening. Like just staring and I look at him and I'm like oh my god what are you doing and Matt hears me say that he goes to look at the door and sees that Sebastian standing right next to him over him he starts screaming then we finally get him back to sleep later that night he starts creeping into our room I wake up again and I see him just creeping in this kid is like I can't handle it he's freaking us out a we're not sleeping full nights anymore and he's just fucking creeping us out I don't like it I want him to stop I don't know how to make it happen Happen, but it needs to. The kids are so creepy. They are so creepy. They don't even mean to be. I think this is a good time to put this out there. Our call to action. We're doing a special Halloween themed episode. This was not planned, but I'm going to roll with it. We're going to do a special Halloween themed episode and we want your scariest stories. We want to hear them because we love them. Even though they creep us out, we love them. You're probably going to hear about that time Carrie fucked a ghost again. I mean, maybe not. I think everyone's heard it. Oh, wow. I didn't expect that answer. I feel like I was just rejected. (laughs) Sorry. I mean, I can, but I feel like people have heard it already. It's just such a classic. You know, we want to hear from you. So make sure to please email us your favorite real life ghost story, scary story. Maybe it's the scary shit your kid does or has done. Any of those. Email them to momtrushpod at gmail.com. Keep an ear out for our Halloween episode because I think you're going to like it. I am not going to freak Ashley out, but I will also accept any ghost story that's happened to you, not just to your kids. And I'll take alien stories while we're at yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, I feel like All aliens those. are a Halloween theme too. And we will read those stories out loud for a special bonus Halloween episode. Maybe we'll do it like, um, uh, what's his face, Vince? Vincent Price? Yeah, maybe we'll do like a Vincent Price thing. And we are actors. We could I mean, like go full out with it. We could become reenactors. Yeah. Anyway. All right, Carrie. So what's your tits and shits? Okay, so um, I'll just do all tits. Okay, that's beautiful. Does that make sense? Even though yesterday when we recorded and everything went wrong and it didn't work, I did have an impassioned talk about old man feet. Yes. <laughs> we also had an impassioned story about uh, ghost dick pics, but that's a whole other thing. That was really funny, but we that can't was. recreate it's that magic, shame that, that was. You'll just, no. It's a shame that was gone. If you have a ghost dick pic... That you want to send us? Oh, obviously, that's only send not that. your dick yeah. pic. But if a ghost sent you a dick pic, it slid into your DMs. <laughs> oh, the joke was you can tell us the ghost story by emailing us at momtouragepod at gmail.com. Slide into our DMs with your ghost dick uh, to our <laughs> Instagram page or what what other way? Or our Facebook. You can yeah. write it on Facebook. Those were yep. all the ways. So send us your ghost dick pics. If your dick is spooky, Send it. Anyway. Okay, so mine will only be tits today. I'll save my shits about my old man feet another day. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Basically, I'm such a big deal that... And she wants you to know it. <laughs> Jenny Biggs, Jenny Mullen Biggs. She goes, yeah, because she, she goes by Jenny Mullins, I think, I know, right? Jenny Mullins. Yeah, well, in her email, which is the story, it was Jenny Mullins Biggs. 
Yes. So if you don't know who she is, she's Jason Biggs' wife. She is a personality and a celebrity in her own right. She's best friends to Chelsea Handler. She's like written a bunch of books. So I got an email randomly. I was just like returning mom emails and shit. And it was like, hey, Carrie, Jenny here. And it had her picture like on her Gmail. And I was like, that looks a lot like that Jenny that's famous. She was like, hey, I was wondering if you could tell me a little bit about, or I wanted to talk to you about this person. Let me know when the, when's the best time to reach back out to you. Love, Jenny. And I'm like, huh, that's weird. Wait, she signed it, love? Yeah, love, Jenny. Huh. So then I was like, oh, hey, Jenny. Um, I don't know this person, but I'm assuming you're reaching out about our call to action for my, my, po- my podcast. So I'm around all day. Here's my phone number. Call me. I'd love to maybe talk about how we could have her on the show. And she writes back and is like, no, 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 no. JK, 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 lol, whatever. She's like, I want to ask you about her. And I go, well, I don't know her. Are you talking about this person whose name rhymes with that? But I just Googled this person that you're asking about. She seems like a doctor. If you need a good doctor reference, I got you, girl. And then I quickly <laughs> text Ashley and I'm like, um, I don't know how Jenny Mullins Biggs got my email, but she's been like emailing me. And Ashley's like, just go for it. Ask her to be on the podcast. So then my next <laughs> email back was, lol, so funny. I have no idea who you're talking about. But if you want to be on our podcast, please reach out. Here's my number. Talk to you later. Love, Carrie. And then crickets. I no longer heard for Jenny. Maybe I should have pretended like I knew the person and strung it along. But I just think it's really funny because I'm so curious about how she got my email. Like, how did it? I really don't know the person that she mentioned. So how did she even get my email. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. That's that's the great mystery, truly, is how did she get your email? Jenny, do the right thing. Reach out. I don't. You don't have to be on the show. It's fine. I didn't mean to scare you, girl. Little girl, I didn't mean to scare you on this, Little this October girl. 1st. But I do need to know how you got my number. And also, stop stalking me, Jenny. I mean, I get it. I'm kind don't, of a big deal. I get it. Don't be scared, little girl. <laughs> Don't be scared, Jenny. Don't be scared. I want to give you candy, but I don't want you to come into my house. What? What? Like a creepy Halloween situation. Mission accomplished. I don't think she eats candy. I don't think so. She's very skinny. I did not sleep very much. I'm off the rails. Okay. Let's get back on the rails. Okay, guys. So next up, we have three different sex therapists of all different ranges of different varying degrees or or specialties. We've got Dr. Kate, Dr. Dana, and Dr. Zoe here to tell you about how we can get our tired ass parental sex lives back into the swing of things. Thought I need that. Me too. Oof. Half these questions are mine. So our next guest is a clinical and forensic psychologist, certified sex therapist, and PAC-trained couples therapist. Please welcome Dr. Kate Balistrieri. Thank you, Dr. Kate. Oh, thank you so much. I'm- I just called you Dr. Kate because I didn't want to say your last name again in case I didn't get it right <laughs> the first time. That's totally okay. Kate is fine. So thank you so much for coming on the show. I think this is a topic that Carrie and I have talked about endlessly since... Before the momtourage iteration, even back in the scary mommy days, like, right? Probably like our second time we ever hung yeah. out. Yeah. Probably. Because that's the kind of way I roll, like talk about my vagina right <laughs> away. Yes. Yes. Totally. May I ask an off the cuff question? Those are my favorite. So I have been with my husband about 10 years, I guess, at this mm-hmm. point. And, you know, we're in our mid 30s. So that's a long time. Mm-hmm. And things definitely can get a little monotonous. When, you know, when we do finally 
have the energy after our busy day to have sex and kind of do those things, sometimes it's kind of the same, same. Mm -hmm. Do you have any tips? You know, we all know like, oh, bring it, you do this, do that. Anything kind of like off the wall or different that you would suggest to kind of spice things up in a relationship that maybe aren't too crazy. I'm not talking about like a finger up his ass or anything (laughs) because I don't think he'd be into that. But anything that's kind of maybe a baby step. Oh, that's such a good question. I mean, it's it's hard to, to say some baby steps given that everybody has kind of a different sexual baseline. Of course. But I would say, you know, even just introducing the tiniest thing that is different. So whether it's a change of scenery or a change in the music that you listen to, you know, uh, punctuate the ambiance with something that feels new and curious. Ashley, you did have a good time on the kitchen table that one time. <laughs> that one time, right at the beginning of COVID. <laughs> <laughs> that COVID kitchen fuck really good. <laughs> Gotcha. <laughs> it did. It did. I think change of scenery might be the thing I needed to tap into the whole time. Yeah. I mean, think about it. When we're in our space all the time, God, especially during COVID, we habituate so quickly to what's around us and everything just sort of looks the same after a while. And when you're with a partner yeah. for a long time, unfortunately, we habituate to each other. So do something different. Put on a different shade of lipstick even. You know, even something subtle like that can be enough to be like, oh, who's this? Who's Who am I? What am I doing? What's happening here? And that can be enough to feel a little bit more playful and it can start to create room for you guys to connect in a different way. So of course, there are some of the old standbys like lingerie or maybe watching some erotica together, listening to some erotica, but you might have some fun with like sensory play, which can be really fun to engage different sights, different smells, different sounds, Um, get some like different textured objects and just sort of touch each other's skin with them and see what that's like and engage in kind of a choose your own adventure way of kind of playing with each other's senses and tease each other differently. And even that can add a whole different element of excitation. And it doesn't require you to go to a swingers club or, you know, do an elaborate fantasy or something like that, that it might take you some time to work up to if in fact you ever choose to do that. Yeah, I love those because I feel like whenever you hear questions like that, it's like introduce a new person into your relationship (laughs) or, you know, try, try butt plugs. It's okay. That's great. And that works for certain people, but sometimes it's just a little thing. And Carrie, you're totally right. That table, the time on the dining room table. I mean, every time I eat dinner at your house, Ashley, I'm like, I know what happened on this table. (laughs) One time. (laughs) And I'm like, and I'm proud of you, girl. I'm proud of you. (laughs) I mean, we even just introduced a rule where it was like, if one of us initiates, Mm -hmm. because for so long I was like, I need you to initiate more. Mm -hmm. I stopped initiating because I can't be the only one. So now if one of us initiates, we say yeah. And I know that can border on, well, do you really want to do it? And it's like, no, I never really want to right <laughs> now because I'm always exhausted. Right. But as soon as I say yes and I commit to it, I'm very happy I'm doing it, you know? Mm-hmm. I find the hardest thing is there has to be a start. Like, yes. if so long has gone by, yep. that first one is always a little weird. Yeah. Yep. And you kind of have to just, pardon the phrase, get over the hump. <laughs> yep. to, to just... Yeah, to have it not be so weird. And, and you know, I'm not talking about a circumstance where you don't feel safe with your partner, you no longer like your partner. These are people that we have committed to that we love, but that there's some awkwardness mm-hmm. and there's some, yes. some things that are still a little tricky because that's the way life is, you know? Yep, absolutely. This is something that is really has been very specific to me. And it's something that I had wanted to really talk about quite a bit when we were with mm-hmm, the Scary Mommy mm-hmm. podcast, but it was a little too heavy, I think. And that is that I experienced a lot mm-hmm. of trauma in the birthing of my 
child, and it triggered some past trauma. I had been date raped in the past when I first moved to New York, and it re kind of triggered all that healing mm-hmm. that I had already done in therapy and everything. It, it kind of like brought back some other wounds. And I come from therapy. I've done all the therapy. <laughs> I still do all the therapy. So I know that it, that's a very common yes. thing for trauma to be re-triggered. But I sometimes think that some of my lack of sex drive isn't just that I'm so tired and that I'm all touched out and all that stuff, but that this trauma mm-hmm. that has been kind of re-earthed, so to speak, I'm having kind of the same feelings I did when I first realized that I had been sexually assaulted, mm-hmm. which was after the fact. My reaction to sex and my partner now reminds me a lot of how I was after that. Um, And so I feel like it was re-brought up from the trauma of my childbirth. Can you speak to that a little bit? Yes, and I'm so glad that you're bringing this up because I think it's one of the aspects of being pregnant and having children that is not talked about nearly frequently enough, particularly when we look at the numbers of women who have experienced some kind of sexual trauma in their lifetime, which before the age of 18 is about one in three women have had some kind of sexual trauma. So that's a pretty stark number for this not to be a Mm. bigger part of the conversation about what it means to be pregnant and have your body taken over by a process that you have no control over, which is very much aligned sometimes with the experience of being disempowered during sexual trauma. So I think it really catches a lot of women off guard when they start to feel like they are losing control, like they're spinning out, or like some of the symptoms they experienced in the wake of the original trauma are starting to resurface because not only is there a physiological reminder of something happening in your body that is outside of your control, sometimes outside of your volition, especially if it's a challenging pregnancy, I think there's that. But then there's also a lot of understanding about who I am as a person that changes when you have a child. And so that I think requires a reorganization of how somebody has made sense of their trauma in the past. And if they haven't yet done that and assimilated it into who they are now, it's going to come up even bigger. And so there are a lot of kind of overlapping um, dimensions of a, a trauma survivor's life that get activated with any milestone in life. And certainly motherhood is no different. So many women will frequently experience feeling more dissociated during sex with their partners if they have unprocessed trauma that got activated or even processed trauma that got reactivated through the pregnancy and birthing process, or even simply the trauma of giving birth, which can be very traumatic even if you don't have a history of trauma. It can create Mm. a lot of depersonalization, desensitization, and dissociation for women when they're trying to stay embodied and be sexual and experience pleasure for areas that now have maybe different sensations or now have different meaning to them than they did before. What had happened to me after my specific, my trauma was I just kind of shut down Mm -hmm. and that sort of is what I've found happen now. And I'm a very embodied person. Mm-hmm. I'm a I'm a yoga teacher. I'm very much in my body. And so it's very odd for me just to shut down in this way. I think it's a, a brought up from that trauma. So tell us a little bit about where we can find you. What is your speciality? Like what brought you to this work? And plug all your things. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. So I founded Modern Intimacy and people can find me there, modernintimacy.com on Instagram and TikTok. Feel free to find me at Dr. Kate Balistrary. So my philosophy in my work is really about helping people move from a place of feeling pain or somehow where they're not quite where they want to be and reestablishing 
health and a baseline that works, and then taking it a step further and really helping them get to a place where they feel thriving in their life and like they're really reaching their potential in whatever dimensions of their life they have identified. And so I chose to work with sex and relationships after many, many years working in the prison systems and doing evaluations with sex offenders and non-sexual violent offenders and understanding the way that trauma really impacted the developing brain and of course relationship success and efficacy or lack thereof and all of the different you know ways that trauma impacted human motivation. I loved doing that work, but unfortunately I really just didn't love working in the prisons. It's it's Mm -hmm. a different environment. Also like I don't mean to say this, but you're an extremely beautiful woman. Oh, yes. I'm sure that that doesn't bode well in prison. That makes it maybe harder, although yeah. I don't know, working in the prison system. Well, thank you. And um, it was, it, it had a polarizing effect. You know, I think yes. any woman in the prison system understands that you can be instantly idealized or devalued um, yeah. just because you're a woman. So yeah, I decided to take my work to the private practice and really focus on understanding, you know, trauma in a not so acute sense and understanding like, how does that really show up in people's lives? Our next guest is Dana B. Myers, a love, sex, and relationship expert and founder of The Booty Parlor. She also wrote the new book, The Mommy Mojo Makeover. Hey, Dana, thank you so much for coming on the show. Hi, Dana. Hi. Hi, guys. Good to be here. Okay, so we've got questions. We've got questions from me and Ashley. We've got some listener questions. So yeah, you mind if we just hit you with it? Jump in. All right. Let's do it. Awesome. Let's see what comes out today. All right. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to start this off and ask you about this. So something that Carrie and I have noticed about ourselves and, you know, when we talk to our friends that are moms is that we all kind of have a hard time thinking of ourselves as sexual after having the baby. For me, particularly, I feel like I kind of started before the baby a little bit, but really like once my son came into the world, it was just like, I was just like this being that made a creature and, you know, fed him off of my body and it nothing about it felt sexual anymore. And he's three now and I still kind of struggle with that a little bit. How can we flip the switch back? Yeah, you know, Great question. Totally shared common ground with every mother I've ever met, including myself. And I think it's less about flipping the switch back on, more about like a full reclaiming process or almost a rebirthing process of oneself as a sexual being. Because so much changes, so much changes hormonally, so much changes emotionally, so much changes within the dynamics of our relationship with our partners when we become parents. And so it's almost like imagining yourself with a blank canvas and seeing it as an opportunity to say, I want to reinvent myself. I want to experience more pleasure. I want to be an active, alive, engaged, sexual being for myself and for my relationship. And so what does that look like? Almost going through a discovery phase, you know, with your journal, what does that look like? How does it feel at this stage in my life? And talking to your partner about it too. What do we feel like? What do we want? Yeah for our sexual relationship at this phase in our life, at this stage in parenting. Because, you know, when you have a newborn, it's going to be different than when you have a kid who's sleeping through the night. It's going to look different when you go through these phases and stages as parents. If your kids suddenly, you find out your kid's on the spectrum, that's going to throw your sex life in a loop too. So it's this constant process of evaluating, reevaluating, creating, and recreating. 
I know that maybe sounds vague, but from a high level perspective, you have to do some visioning work around what do I even want this to look like and feel like? Yeah. I had a discussion with my partner the other day, sort of around this, just that, you know, what we wanted something to look like in our 20s looks very different than how we wanted our sex life to look like in our 40s and For 50s. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Um, he was like, I do now kind of want my body to be clean. Whereas before it just any time, you know, we could have just done it. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I get it. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. That's also a pandemic thing. I think uh-huh. I just like my asshole to not smell. If we could just, if we could just <laughs> save this for then. That's basically what Lee said. Lee's like, if we could yeah. just like maybe take a shower, like in the general range of that, that'd be great. Yes. Thanks. Yes. Agreed. I think that's pretty important. And, um, you know, look, I think that as busy women and mothers, I'm, I know I'm in my forties. It sounds like you guys are maybe as well. We need more than like a glance. We need more than a wink. We need more than a moment. You know, we really need foreplay to start yes. days before we. Yeah. Oh yeah. Set. Empty that dishwasher, baby. Empty the dishwasher. Empty yes. The dishwasher without me asking and do it right. Yes. You know, <laughs> yeah. I need like more than like a little boob pat. You know, I need, it's not even a dishwasher thing. Like, I need it to be direct. I need, like, I am going to fuck you right now. That's mm-hmm. what I need. Because then also I can't say no. I can't be like, I'm too tired. So this idea of initiations, right? Like, what does a good initiation look like at this stage in your life? And I ask you this question because people don't think about this. When yeah. when couples get into these patterns where, you know, the husband, again, like, squeezes your boob and thinks that that's enough to move you to an authentic yes. I always talk to couples and I say, you've really got to break down what kind of initiation is actually going to move you to a true yes and really get you to become open to receiving pleasure. And every woman's answer is different. And sometimes, you know, you start to think about these facets of what a good initiation looks like. And it really opens up a whole new conversation between couples. So I am curious what does a good initiation look like to you? I'm going to be completely honest with you. The thing that concerns me the most is not so much even the initiation. It's that I have to force myself to say yes at this point in my life. And I don't mean that in a rapey way or a non-consensual way. I mean that in I am tired all the time. And I like, it's very rare that I am in the mood for it. So my husband and I have basically made this rule, which again, in a consensual way, that if one of us initiates, we go through with it because we both are tired. We both often are like, I just want to go to sleep right now. And if we keep up with that, it's not going to happen. And then it just gets the time between just goes, it gets further and further apart. It feels weird. Then one of us feels not desired. And it's just this vicious cycle. So sadly, at this point, a lot of it is just like, okay, just, you know, just be obvious about it. Uh, Don't, you know, sometimes it is just a boob pat. And I'm like, okay, well, I can say no to that because that wasn't obvious enough. You know what I mean? (laughs) I don't love being here, but that's where we are. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. And then how's the actual sex when you have it? Fine. Good. You know. Okay. So good. So in that moment, I guess, you know, when your initial response or your inner voice is like, oh, yeah. 
Yeah. You know, it's sort of like, what can you do to shift towards more of a yes? Yeah. That, that doesn't feel like, okay, I guess I have to do it. It feels like an obligation so that it doesn't slip further and further. It's sort of like, okay, can you call upon that visceral memory of the last time you had sex and it was good? And you can say, okay, let me remember that in my body. And so you automatically start calling upon those feelings of pleasure. Yeah. That makes you shift into a yes. You know, one of the things, and this has been helping, is when my husband really takes the lead on things. Because in, you know, our waking life, I'm the one that takes the lead in everything. So for him to be like, I want you and we're going to do this is very hot to me. And he, you know, will pull out things and stuff. That, that sounds so weird and vague. And, you know, the other thing that is really helpful to couples with kids and really speaking from personal experience, because it's really worked in my relationship and it's why I recommend it. It's really the practice of scheduling sex and planning sex. And I recommend it so much because we're so busy. We're so tired. Oftentimes, partners have mismatched drives, different windows where they're feeling excited and amorous and ready for sex, which can create that kind of pressure rejection cycle. Yeah. But if you guys come together on a Sunday night and you're like, hey, what does the week look like? Where do we have windows where we're less exhausted? Could we ever meet in the afternoon? Uh, you know, because after bedtimes, everybody's wiped. So it's like, okay, Wednesday, we see an opportunity. We can meet on Wednesday at 2 p.m. And we'll organize for the kid to be out or for someone to take the kid or maybe during nap time. And then it's like, okay, Monday, you can start thinking about it together. You can talk about it together. You can build anticipation. At least for me, when I know that sex is happening on a certain day, even in a certain time frame, I can really prepare myself for it. I can read some erotica. I can think about what kind of lingerie I want to wear. I can think about what toys I might want to bring in. I can think about the kind of energy I want to experience in that sex, be it romantic or a little bit rougher or more playful or a little bit silly, like with a little role play. And then suddenly it becomes like an event, And everybody likes to go to events, right? Yeah. And so then I'm preparing myself to show up and it gives us something to talk about during the week. And then it becomes like a consistent moment in our week together as a couple that we both look forward to that we each have time to prepare for, to show up at. And then it winds up being really high quality sex. I have tried, you know, my husband's not as outward with things as I am. So one of the things that used to always do it for me was, you know, I like a dirty text. I don't need a picture, but I like to be told what you're going to do. And I like stuff like that. So I do think that what you're saying is a really great idea. Like this idea, okay, you plan it, which is the least sexy thing in the world. But then you can kind of like tease each other through talk. You can bring erotica in all different kinds of things. I really love that idea. And I don't, it seems so simple. And like, why didn't I think of it type of thing? I think because we all think that sex should be this completely spontaneous, organic, you know, we should all just be moved by lust. But like, it's not the case. It's not the case when you're in a really long-term relationship and when you're juggling so many different roles and responsibilities. And so I look at the rest of our lives as women. We plan our children's activities. We plan our meals. We plan our family vacations. We plan our work schedules. Yep. And because of the intention and the attention that we put on those areas of our life with the planning, those areas of our life 
flourish. So why wouldn't we apply the same kind of planning or intention and attention to our sexual lives? I love this idea. However, I am going to call mm-hmm. myself out and say I am kind yeah. of a big brat when it comes to having something planned and it not okay. happening. And yes, and agreed. I don't mean just sex, but like in my life, if if I have something planned and I've really put a lot of thought and effort to it and I and shit changes, it it really knocks me down. And it's crazy because I'm I'm a meditator and a yoga teacher. And so I really, this is something I work on very hard. But my only fear is that, you know, if something goes awry as things do in parenting world, I feel like mm-hmm. it would set me back a little bit. Like it would, it would discourage yeah. me so much, you know, but I, I think there's value in it because I like the idea of like working up to it, like foreplay all the way for days. My only thing is like, I'm a little bit of a baby in being disappointed. Yeah, so I hear you on that. And the four words that I like to keep in mind around this subject of scheduling sex is priority. I'm scheduling sex not because it's an obligation, but because I'm making our sex lives a priority. Then planning, right? The planning. What am I going to wear? When are we going to do it? How can we organize within our days so that we show up with energy? So priority, planning. The next one is follow through. We've done this planning. We're excited. Let's show up. But the fourth word is flexibility, because we know that everything can go tits up, right? It's going to start vomiting, or the babysitter's going to call in late, or the nap doesn't happen, or someone, you know, something. So the flexibility and saying, okay, this didn't happen, but how can I turn that into a gift? Let's rain check this for tomorrow. Let's keep that conversation going. And, and you never know what can evolve out of that rain check. Something else might, you know, happen during the sex that's even more beautiful or better, or more erotic. But it is keeping that in mind, the follow through, but then also the flexibility because, you know, the best laid plans always go wrong. <laughs> the best laid plans to get laid always go wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much, Dina. That was really great. Now, where can everyone find you? Yeah, awesome. Well, you can find me at my website, which is DanaBMyers.com. I have a great course for moms that is running all the time called The Satisfied Mama. And it has just all these bite-sized lessons and activities, a lot of couples exercises too, that really help you as a woman reclaim your sensuality and then actively bring that newfound energy into your relationship. So um, that course is running. I do one-to-one coaching. Um, You can find me on Instagram at Dana Myers XOXO. That's a good name for for what you do. (laughs) Thank you. And I'm always launching launching something new, different workshops and, and things like that. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So our next guest is Zoe Kors, one of the most sought-after thought leaders on intimacy and sexuality. She is the resident sex and intimacy coach and contributor at Coral, the sexual wellness app. Thank you so much, Zoe, for one, listening to the show. Hi, Zoe. And two, coming Hi. on to talk with us. Yeah. It's so wonderful to be here. 
I'm so excited. I love you guys. I love what you're doing. Thank you. The biggest issue between us, I think, sexually at this point is just, all right, let's backtrack. I've always been the more sexual of the two of us. And I've never really fully figured out why that was. But for so long, you know, I had such high expectations about things about like, this is how you show your love to somebody. And when Matt wouldn't necessarily feel the same way, like that wasn't his reciprocal way or for him it wasn't like I need to have sex every night he was not he was just not that kind of guy and I think after a while because I came from such a different place in that I felt so rejected that it really affected my feelings towards myself as a sexual being so while having my son certainly change some of those things. I think that affected it more than anything. And, you know, we've been together for a very long time. So on top of that, there were periods of things not being good and us just trying to like knowing we love each other and wanting to work it out and make it work. But sex was absolutely just not the priority. So in 10 years of being together, we're finally now at the place where we're like, this is a priority again, and we need this and we want this. And it makes us feel cared for by the other person. So let's work on it, if that makes any sense. Yeah, totally. And the beauty yeah. in that is that you can start over, you know? Yeah. You yeah, and we want to. Yeah, like you can forget everything that ever came before this and just meet each other with new eyes, you know, explore. I don't, do you ever do tarot, tarot cards? No, what's that? Tarot cards. Tarot? Oh, tarot. Yes. I thought, I thought you, like, like Charo, like, <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, last night we had somebody on our live show to do tarot cards, but in terms of Matt and I together, no, we've never done that. Is that something we should do? No. I <laughs> oh, okay. I was like, that's cool. That's not where I was going, although that would be great. And even more than that, there are deck of intimacy cards, you know? There was a New York Times article a few years ago about... Um, I can't remember now how many questions, 40 questions or something that will lead you to fall in love with somebody. Do you remember that? I feel like I do remember that, but I I, got to re-look that up. You can actually look it up on Coral because we have that and it's actually geared a little bit more towards couples who have been together for a while. This was more like meet somebody on a first date or somebody random. Right in a bar and like you can just open your heart up to them through exploring these questions that are actually quite thoughtful and intimate. They're not sexy in the way that you would think that they're sexy. It's not like a turn on kind of love. It's just sort of an open hearted, connective conversation starters. And so, yeah, like some of that is can really sort of grow that intimacy and that love and compassion for each other in a way that can really stir up all that yumminess. A guest question was that the intimacy in her relationship with her husband isn't there anymore. She feels intimate with her child and distant from her husband. Uh, I don't know if it's because we are splitting time with work and kids and passing each other like ships in the night and so we're not connecting or if it's something more. How can I bring back this intimacy that then makes me feel so close with my partner to then want to have sex with them? This is the sort of like harsh, truth teller, tough love part of me. And that is we need to take responsibility for our own sexuality. And the problem I think that I've discovered over the years of doing this is that we tend to believe that it's something that just happens and sex just happens or desire just happens or arousal just happens. And actually we have a lot of knowledge about how the mind and 
body work in concert to create desire and arousal. And like, we have a very sophisticated instrument that we're walking around in. So taking responsibility for that and educating ourselves about how this all works and being willing to be vulnerable enough to meet ourselves in that way and explore ourselves and then explore with a partner, um, there's tremendous opportunity to sort of rekindle that fire. Yeah. You know, it's interesting because again, Fran, this is like all of a sudden I feel like I'm just talking about Fran all the time today, but um, <laughs> something I, Fran and I had discovered too is that, you know, Ashley and I are a little bit different in that I was single primarily for a much longer time than Ashley was before I found the partner that I'm with. And so I had been in this habit of like really being attracted to unavailable guys and what kept, you know, as many of us are who have issues and right. part of what was sexy about it was that I never could fully have them. It was that cycle of like continuing to need to chase them because they were mm-hmm. unavailable. And so when I finally got someone who was 100% available and wanting to be with me, all of a sudden this thing that had been driving my sex drive in a healthy sex drive, but for an unhealthy reason, that was taken away. And I'm like, oh, how do you find something sexual that isn't forbidden or isn't, you know, where I'm always trying to need more from a person? Like, how can I make that work too? I think a lot of people get into that cycle. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's very well said. Yeah. Tell me more about Coral App because I think I need it. So <laughs> tell yeah, me about same it. Same here. I was like, what is this? I need it. <laughs> I'm so thrilled because Coral has become a way of of doing what I do and reaching people that I just don't have the time to reach. It was founded by Asharna Walsh. She's amazing. She's an amazing founder and CEO. And she had this idea just sort of based on her own sexual journey and discovering like where people need help and that people need help. And so she developed this app. There are basically three, I mean, there are many, many ways to explore the universe of Coral, but the sort of founding principles is that we grow and learn and transform through being educated and learning and playing, having experiences in which we sort of embody what we've learned and then discussing and talking with peers. So we have those three areas in Coral where we teach you and give you a lot of information about how your body works, about what arousal is, about how desire and arousal are two different things and what desire type you are. You know, are you a responsive desire type or are you a spontaneous desire type? Meaning like spontaneous, you just, sex occurs to you, like you get horny, you can be, you know, just sort of walking around during your day and something occurs to you and you feel aroused and desire? Or do you actually have to be in the act? That would be a responsive desire in order to then become interested and engaged. So Coral is basically, it's like, it's all those things. We have daily Coral. You can set goals or choose a path. So when you come to Coral, you can, depending on what you're interested in, we ask you in the onboarding process, what are you here to do? Are you here to stoke your desire, to stoke your partner's desire, to heat things up, to feel more connected? For men dealing with erection issues, there's Master My Erection. So there are a lot of different things. The play 
aspect is filled with guided audio tracks. So we guide you through anything from connecting and exploring various kinds of touch, um, all the way to like analingus or pegging or kink 101, you know, how to start to explore those things too. I love this. I love that. That's great. That's like everything you need basically to get things going. Yeah. I'm so thrilled. I'm, as you can imagine, as a professional, I'm very selective. And when Asharna, we met several years ago when she was just beginning to sort of put this all together. And the first thing I did, she said, I'm looking for someone who's like a sex coach that has that's sort of tantra based to help me put together some exercises. And so that's what I first started doing. I have a little bit more of a strategic role now as well. And we have a really wonderful collaborative team. It's just a super privilege to be able to make such an impact. That's amazing. Let's hear it. What do you have to promote? First thing that I want to say is to go download Coral. You go to Get Coral, um, and Coral is like the color or the reef in the ocean. GetCoral.app. And from there, you can download the app and, and give it a try. Right now, we have, if you enroll in Coral, you download it, you can invite your partner free. So you get basically two accounts for the price of one. Oh, that's awesome. There's so much to explore together and it can really, I think, open up a conversation where none existed and sort of learn how to talk to each other about a very sensitive but essential topic. My anniversary with my partners on Sunday and I've been trying to think about what to get them. So I think I'm going to get this app for us for our, our anniversary. That's a really good idea. Mine is the following weekend. So that's a really good idea. Isn't like yeah. It. You can also follow us on Instagram um, at Get Coral, and okay. you can follow me at Zoe Kors on Instagram. Our next guest is an intuitive reader and healer and a longtime friend of mine. Welcome, Jacqueline Kay. Hi, Jacqueline. Hi, Hi. Ashley. Hi, Carrie. How Hi. are you? I'm really good. I'm really good. That's good. I love it. I'm, that. Uh, yeah, it's uh, tomorrow's a full moon. And I can feel it. I can feel yeah, it. Yeah, I was, was going to say, so I'm feeling that, but yeah. you know. Is that why today was kind of like a shitty day? It was either a shitty day or as Dana Bash said, a shit show. I mean, yeah. Yeah. it's all over. Can I ask all you right. a question before we get started? Yes, ma'am. What brought you to this work? Like, did you, because I have some skills not to brag, but I didn't seek them out. They sort of happened to me and that's how I figured it out. I'm just curious, like what your story is, how you came to this. Totally. So same thing with me. Um, looking back on it now, there were things when I was a kid that I would feel or sense. And I think at the time I just kind of played into the fact that everybody was like, oh, Jacqueline's dramatic. Oh, Jacqueline likes theater and Jacqueline does this. And there was like a childhood friend of mine who died when we were seven. And I remember knowing that he died before anyone told me that he died. Um, yeah. I remember feeling things around me and sensing things. I couldn't say to you like that, you know, oh, mommy, what about that lady in the playroom? There was nothing like that. <laughs> right. Thank God. This, seriously, I would lose my mind. I'm not into ghosts. I'm oh, not I am. Sp- I am praying that my daughter is like, that one man came through the wall. Oh, like, yes. <laughs> bring it. No, no. Like my boyfriend started talking about The Conjuring the other night and I started weeping. I was like, why would you bring this up? Like, I can't, I don't even watch scary movies, but um, I just always describe it as a knowing. Like there were things that I would 
No, I don't even feel it like a gut reaction or anything like that. There's just like when my grandfather died, I knew it before anybody told me I felt it like and it was very like a movie, like a breeze came in. And then actually, when I met my boyfriend, it was the first time I met somebody who was like so open and into all of this kind of stuff. Like I, you know, like I had a deck of tarot cards at the time. This is going some years back, but I'd never opened them and I had never really delved into it. And I was not open to the fact that I could actually do this. Mm-hmm. And then I would start getting things. And it wasn't until he was like, you know, I think you really need to hone this. I think you really need to open yourself to the fact that this is what you're meant to do. I don't want to say I started studying because I I do believe that it's something that you either have an innate sense of and a gift for, or totally. you don't. Yeah. I think we all have intuition. I don't think that's any bullshit, but I don't I don't think we all speak to spirit. I don't think we all get certain intuitive downloads. And then it was also like I would predict things. I'm not, I'm not Nostradamus or anything, but like <laughs> there were things that I was predicting for people that I was pulling cards for, reading for and seeing things for. It wasn't just like, yeah, that sounds familiar. It was like completely spot on. So then I started at the very end of December and I've been doing it, you know, in a professional capacity since January. You've read my cards a couple of times and Mm -hmm. uh, I would say that you were 100% the most accurate person ever that I've I've ever gone to. All right. So you're here to tell us today a little bit about our compatibility with our partners according to the stars. Yeah. It's according to, um, you know, we have our Zodiac signs, right? And I hesitate with this stuff sometimes at the same time I put so much stock in it and we'll talk about this there's some stuff that you have to take with a grain of salt as you do with everything in life but I will say that doing this with my own relationship has been very helpful and at at times it's been a saving grace but at the same time if I had read some years back Virgo woman Aries man compatibility oh that's right we're both Virgo I forgot Yeah. Yes. If I had taken that and been like, you know, read that as the gospel, then we would never gotten to like the third date, let alone like where we are now. Carrie, thanks for the fact. Two Aries. Do you live together? Yes. (laughs) There, but for the grace of God, my Lord. And my daughter's a Scorpio. (laughs) We're in flames most times. These are like like healer jokes and I'm not in on any My my OBGYN (laughs) said she would induce me three days early so I could have a Libra. (laughs) Oh, no, 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 no. Nobody wants that. Yeah. And, you know, interesting. I've My Vedic astrology, my Vedic astrology, I'm mm-hmm. also, I'm one of the rare people that is also still in Aries in the Vedic astrology. Oh, that is interesting. Look at you. Yeah, we got a lot of uh, stubborn head-to-head contact. That's what I wanted to talk about Like when it comes to you two is, so Aries are fire. And tomorrow is actually, um, if you're finding that you've felt this week extremely heavily energetically. Tomorrow is the full moon in Aries and it's the harvest moon. It's the brightest moon of the year. It's going to be It'll be like an orangey red. It's a beautiful color. It's my favorite moon of the year. I hear myself say shit like that and I roll my eyes. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't even believe I'm, I'm that cheesy. Also, <laughs> side note, my daughter, because I'm into this shit, was conceived yeah. on a triple moon and her name is Luna Mars. And she was conceived on a triple moon. Ashley, why have you been keeping her from me? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what I'm working <laughs> with here, apparently. <laughs> and I literally said to my partner, I said, I'm a witch. Let's make a baby. Let's do this shit. It's a triple moon. And that's the day we got pregnant. Man, my husband just fucked me from behind and didn't pull out one time. And that was it. 
And then we made Miss Luna Mars, our, our Scorpio witch baby. Oh my God. Can I be your sister wife? Yes, please. It's very fiery in here. Be careful. So you guys could actually, you could benefit from a little Virgo energy. I'm wondering, like one of the things I wanted to ask you about is, do you find that there can almost be like too much excitement going on in your household? Yeah. A lot of times it's like anger or like frustration, but sometimes it's also just like actual excitement, but there's just like a lot of energy all the time in the house all the time. Right. So something I wrote down for the two of you, I just want to say to the audience and the the people listening that this is just me taking a look at Carrie and her partners, their astrology and Ashley and her partner's astrology. And this is not actually like they have to take my relationship advice or anything like that. We also have a couple of therapists. So we take everybody's, you know, a little bit. So do, so do we. And it's <laughs> I, a big fan. The thing with like that much fire, because Aries are fire signs, is it's one of the things I wrote down is that if you two have the ability to know how to douse your flames and everybody buckle up because it's going to be real cheesy the rest of this discussion. There's going to be lots, <laughs> lots more little, little tidbits <laughs> like that. Um, if you, if the two of you can like learn how to douse those flames and keep everything like, you know how like the fireplace looks at the end of the night after you've had the fire going. It's like, that's like a nice place to be like that, that golden blue light. And, the, and where it's almost like dying down to embers mm-hmm. instead of like, because you don't want to constantly be in flames. Right. But so like, that's the ticket for the two Maybe of you. Maybe that's why you, my pussy's so dry because it's just <laughs> burnt up. It's like, a, it's like a, a, a forest that needs its floor swept and cleaned. <laughs> it's just dusty and dry up in this. Yeah, that was a debate joke for you guys. <laughs> Clean the floor for us. Yeah. So on that note, it's like, because I'm with an Aries, there's this, always this need to like try the next great thing be the next big thing, tackle the next big thing. And there are aspects of that that are so fucking phenomenal and make for such a beautiful, exciting life. But then there's also this aspect of you do need to have a little bit of a balance where you know when to be satisfied with certain things. Otherwise, you get yourself into a good deal of bullshit. Are you taking notes, Carrie? Yes. Oh my God, I love that. Yeah, I do too. And then I was wondering, do you guys ever struggle like to actually lean on each other? Yeah, we have issues. We were solo people for a very long period of time. And so we just know how to do everything ourselves. So- so right. we struggle and we're trying to work on it to yeah. come to each other as confidants and as partners rather than just like two solo planet that happen to be in the same orbit together. Which is like literally the argument that I just had on the phone before I checked in with you guys. And then I was like, I'm doing a reading. I have to go. I can't <laughs> do this right now. This isn't about you tonight. It's a big thing with Aries is they are so independent. But Aries are super magnetic and they are sexy and cool and mysterious and they... You know, it's like fucking John Travolta at the beginning of Saturday Night Fever 24-7 until they hit the wall. You know, they're like, and then it's like, I need a friend. I need someone to love me. You are very Aries, but you are also cognizant of it. You're cognizant of what a success story that can create, but that it could also create a very lonely, isolated existence. Mm -hmm. And it is a struggle and it is something that you actually have to work on. It is something, you know, like a partnership is something that an Aries really has to work to cultivate. Mm -hmm. Do you mind? I did take out one of my decks, the power of love deck. And I was wondering if I could pull a card for each of you. Obs. Yeah. Oh, Carrie's cards are feisty. Surprise. shocker. (laughs) Yeah. If you haven't been paying attention. All right. So actually three fell out for you, Carrie. Forgiveness, individuality, and sex. 
satisfaction. Oh my God, those sounds so fucking on point. So forgiveness, you are now able to activate the power of love in order to release past hurts. Individuality, you leave your unique stamp on love on everything you do. Satisfaction, you let the energy of love guide you to self-approval so that others no longer define who you are. Mm, I like that. I gotta let that marinate a little. Yes, ma'am. I mean, listen, as the outsider not in your relationship, but does talk to you every single day, uh, those sound accurate AF. Yeah. Now, Miss Ashley. Uh-oh. <laughs> it's interesting because, in my opinion, the only way that a female Virgo with a male Libra can last is to be in it forever, like in a committed, in a relationship, in a marriage, because a hookup with these two people would, with these two signs anyway, it couldn't really last because, and you can tell me if I'm right or wrong, the things that you love about each other can also nine times out of 10 be the things that make you want to murder him and make him want to just turn around and run out the door. Yes, both. Yes. For both of us, absolutely. Like, I feel like he loves that you do all of this. And he loves, like, that outgoing, creative, and exciting, like, you know, the the style maven and the, the attitude that you can, like, put out there. But it would also be the thing, like, that if he was pissed at you, he would be like, and you and your fucking podcast and the, you know, like, and I'm not yep. saying that Ashley's husband screams at her like that, but I'm just, you know. He knows it, better. <laughs> you know, it's It would be more of a quiet whimper. <laughs> 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 and the thing with Libras, we're not always used to this with men, but Libras are very emotional, but it's also can sometimes be a very different kind of emotion. Mm-hmm. They're very ruled by their heart, but it's funny that Carrie just said that. I, I was going to say it is a, it's a quiet, almost it's, like. It's not like us where it's just like, ah, I'm feeling everything. It's very subdued and like it takes someone who has known that person for a very long time to yes. really know that they're yes. feeling all of that. Yeah. And Virgo women especially are super emotional and we also fucking overthink everything to death. It's a miracle that we sleep because we are just like, we're writing the Bible in our minds. Like when we try to go to bed at night. And the other thing is, is it's like, if we have a problem, we have to deal with it with you right now. And we have to deal with all of it with you right now. Remember when you used to have like a quote on Facebook that like defined you very long time ago when it was like not the weirdest thing to have something like this i think it was a phyllis diller quote that said like never go to sleep mad stay up and fight that's what i like chose as my defining quote for you know you know what my drag name is syphilis diller that's really good (laughs) that's a good one (laughs) thank you i like that thanks mine is spaghetti putinesca Also very good. Mine was chancleta pao pao, but I don't know if either of you will get that. The other thing that it feels like is really important when it comes to the success of a relationship with a Libra man and a Virgo woman is the way that I interpreted it and what I wrote down, and I want to explain this, is it's important to look the other way. And I don't mean that in the sense that you want to be indifferent to your partner or that you want to ignore any kind of a red flag. But I also get the sense that the two of you wouldn't exactly be shooting off too many red flags. The whole reason that you have your son and that you even got married is because deep down, you're both very much like, if you didn't get out of your pajamas for five days, you'd be cool with it. Like there's comfort and there's this very big, important thing around building home together. But when I say look the other way. It's like you come to accept certain things about this person. And instead of rolling your eyes and groaning at them about it, or like you just kind of go, okay, agree to disagree. Once I finally learned to do that, 
And it took a very long time in our relationship once I, and I'm still not 100% there by any means. Once I finally learned that I just needed to kind of do that, we suddenly found a lot more peace in our relationship. You find balance. Yeah. And, and so that's, it's really funny. I wrote this about the two of you. I said, you learn to say your piece and you also learn what your piece is worth to you. I'm writing that it, one down because I feel like that's like, I need to get that tattooed on my motherfucking yeah. forehead. Ashley, do you mind if I pull love cards please, for you? Please, please. Ash, I also saw like, there's a lot of good stuff coming for Sebastian. A lot of like, and I know how cheesy this sounds, but I feel like he's going to be a big deal. That's good. That just gave me the chills. That's really good. I'm is he going to be a DJ? That. Is he going to be the weekend type man? Because that might be his dream come true. DJ well, Bastion. <laughs> I mean, I kind of love the way that sounds. Yeah, it's perfect. Do you have so a sense you, of what it is? I do feel like he's going to be a celebrity of some kind. So I saw him, you know, I know that some of this stuff sounds so stupid, but I saw him as a musician. I don't know if he's like into music that much, but. He loves music. I mean, the kid is like, put on Lady Gaga, rain on me. Yes. And he'll hear mm-hmm. a song in the ra- on the radio and be like, who sing this song? This is my favorite song. And I'm like, okay. Aww. Yeah. So, so cute. That would make sense. Yeah. The two cards you got. So it's interesting. You got forgiveness as well. Yeah. Okay. You are now able to activate the power of love in order to release past hurts. And then you got, it's interesting because these, in my opinion, go hand in hand detachment. You are releasing old patterns and ideas that no longer serve your highest ideals of love. Yeah. 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 That one feels very accurate. I was going to say that feels dead on. Yeah. Just like trying to just grow as a human being in every sense. You know, Mm -hmm. and in my relationship with Matt and in all of my relationships. And I feel like detachment is, I can only speak for myself, but I feel like so many of us hear that word and we automatically think that it means letting go in a very negative way. The way I look at it now, just releasing the old story, letting go of the old story because you can't, you know, we're in the now, we're in the present and you can't write the story of the future. You don't want to look back on quarantine with this like, Oh, I miss it. You know, like this is not a good thing that's happening in so many respects, but the time that it's giving you the pause button that the universe has kind of pushed for a lot of us, that's the blessing that you're being given. And I would hate for people to look back on this time longingly. Like I'd wish I'd made more of it. Tell the lovely people what your other (laughs) offerings are, where we can find you, plug your shit. Plug it, plug Absolutely. It. I do live readings and obviously right now in COVIDian times, we do them face-to-face on FaceTime or Zoom or Google Chat or whatever. I am doing them one-on-one in Philly where I live in person as long as we can be socially distanced and safe. Or I just do like a, a general reading where I will pull people's cards and send them voice notes via email or DM or text, whatever they prefer. I also do something where I do a card a day. I'll send somebody a card that I pull specifically for them every morning. It's a great way to start the day, really like positive way to start the day. Tomorrow, something else that I do is I do business blessings. So I have a girlfriend who is opening a salon here in Philadelphia. Tomorrow they are opening and I'm going to do the blessing on the salon. So like saging and crystals and such. You do reflexology, right? I'm a certified reflexologist and I do that as well. Thank you so much. This was thank you helpful and fun. And honestly, I could talk about this all night long. I know. I love this shit so much, obviously. It means well, we'll a lot see to me. You and tomorrow. I'm, I know. I can't wait. Hashtag swag bag.
All right, guys. So for hashtag swag bag, recently we got gifted this beautifully curated sleepover party box from Party Postess. It has everything you need to throw the slumber party of any little girl or adult woman's dream for her and eight or seven of her friends, eight people total. We really love it. it this particular sleepover party kit includes lavender party paints, cloud cake plates, stemless wine glasses, disco dot party napkins, wooden cutlery that's been dipped in pink, disco balls, a balloon garland not blown up, you have to do that part, tablecloth, disco dot party straws, and this little handbook that they call the Sleepover Party Postess Handbook that just has some tips on how to arrange all of it, some tips on the menu. It's so, so cute. And they do this for so many different themes. They have like galactic themes. They have virtual parties. They have bachelorette parties. It is so cute. We love party postess. It takes all the guesswork out of putting a theme together. You buy this box, you buy the food, you know, probably pre-made because nobody has time for that. And voila, you have a great little party. And I don't know. I know we're not really in a world where we can have parties of eight people and it's not a good idea, but this makes me really, really excited about getting back together with people. And again, they do have virtual party box options. You can get this at partypostis.com. This particular box retails for $49. And guys, this is also my swag bag, but I just want to say, if you want to personally reach out to me, I will include my very own handbook on how to make an Irish exit out of a virtual <laughs> or non-virtual adult slumber party. I didn't realize that was both of our specialties. Well, thanks for celebrating the beginning of the end of the world with us guys don't we celebrate that every week yes if you too have been abducted like ashley's also send us a dmail a dmail dm and now i have to go because my kid for the last 45 minutes while we've been recording has been shouting my name the entire mine too. time mine too oh god we got to get back to real life now yeah well it's been real guys love you bye. bye night night sleep well Okay, that's our show today, folks. Thank you so much for giving us a listen. Please do not forget to rate, review, and subscribe. We are out here on our own, and these things really, really matter. We want to hear from you. Tell us what you want to hear. Email us at momtouragepod at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram at momtouragepodcast to hang out with us all week long. We are here for you. You are not alone. We got you. So go ahead, girl. Know this posse is behind you, and go slay. Mom Taraj is written and produced by Ashley Heron Smith and Carrie Sotero. Recorded and mixed by Lee Mars. Our theme song, MILF, is by the band Mama Drama. You can find them on Instagram at Mama Drama Band or MamaDramaBand.com. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.